You're listening to the Life Coaching Secrets Podcast, episode 114. Did you know that life coaches are needed now more than ever? I'm Frank Macri, founder of Thriving Coach Academy. I've trained over a thousand coaches and helped them launch their own successful coaching businesses. If you want to make an incredible income and impact as a coach and have a lot of fun doing it, I'll show you exactly how to get it done. This is Life Coaching Secrets. What's up, coaches? In this episode, we're going to talk about how to ethically run a coaching business. Now, this is a part two episode from the two-part series I'm doing on how to be an ethical coach. Uh, If you didn't catch the first part, then just listen to the previous episode on this podcast, and you'll hear all about ways to ethically run a coaching business. Now, that episode was really focused on the business side, so ethics around marketing and selling and all that good stuff. And originally, I didn't think it would be a two-part episode, but I got, apparently, ethics excites me a little bit more than I thought it would. So I decided to split this topic up into two separate episodes. All right, so in this one, we're going to talk about how to ethically coach, all right? So let's say you're, you're all lovely and ethical, and you've got people hiring you, so now how do you make sure that you are showing up with proper ethics as a coach to them? I'm going to go over some of the most important things to consider. All right, so let's just dive right on in. Number one is having what we call a coaching agreement. Now, this is a document. This is going to clear up so many ethical challenges that you might have as a coach. Because in a coaching agreement, it is a document that you would send over to your client before they officially start working with you, before you start coaching them. And this agreement is going to outline exactly what they're going to get, okay? It's going to make their expectations very clear on what they're going to receive in your in your program. It might be exactly what kind of resources they're going to get. You know, maybe you have a program where they're getting more than just sessions with you. So you'll outline for them what, what are the deliverables they're going to receive. Uh, are they going to get access to a video course? Are they going to get hard copies of manuals? Are they going to get group coaching calls? Are they going to get a certain number of one-on-one coaching calls? So you're going to explain exactly what they're going to get from working with you. So it's very clear. You'll also cover in this agreement what coaching is and what coaching isn't, okay? So you'll clearly define and put a boundary around what topics are appropriate for them to be coached on and what topics are not appropriate to be coached on, okay? Now, why is this so important? Well, because there is th- there are topics that are good and appropriate, and there are pro- uh, topics that are off limits for coaches. And I believe it is our ethical duty and responsibility to know when we have clients that veer outside of what is coaching and what is not coaching. Now, majority of the time, this will never become an issue for you. But depending on the niche that you might choose to have and the nature of the challenges that you're working with your clients through, then you might have clients that are more appropriate to work with a therapist or a counselor. So in those cases, then you would you would be able to recognize that and then refer out, which I'll talk more about a little bit later in this in this episode. So 
In summary, you have a coaching agreement that you provide to a client before they work with you. This is something that they sign. It is something that you sign. And it's going to outline what they're going to get. It's going to outline exactly what coaching is and what coaching isn't. Um, It's going to outline also things about confidentiality and privacy. So that way they feel like they are safe to share personal matters and that's going to be respected. And you can also outline anything about your uh, payment rules and policies, whether it be refund policies or maybe if they're on a payment plan, you have exactly how it's outlined that they follow through on their payment plan. Um, And as you learned in the previous episode, if you listen to it, you do not have to allow refunds, right? There's no one saying that you are obligated to offer refunds as a coach. You're allowed to choose. You can give refunds if you want. You can give partial refunds, but you can also choose to uh, provide no refund if you want with your clients. And that is totally your choice. Now, inside Thriving Coach Academy, we give you a, a template. It's a done for you coaching agreement. A lot of our coaches just download that. They put their branding on it. They put their logo on it if they have one and they're good to go. Okay, so you're allowed to just use it. And our our coaching agreement template is in alignment with the code of ethics that are set by the International Coach Federation because we are an accredited coach training program through them. So all of the code of ethics and all the documents and resources we provide to our coaches is reviewed by the ICF and it's in alignment with the code of ethics that they create. So um, that simplifies it because you can take that agreement, you can modify it so that it works for you, works for your business structure, and then you have that good to go. You don't have to worry about like writing it on your own and all that stuff. So that is one ethical practice to have when you're getting into the coaching. Have a coaching agreement, have your clients sign it ahead of time. It's going to make your life so much easier and it's going to make them feel really safe. Number two is respecting the confidentiality and privacy of your client. Now, this is outlined in your agreement so your clients know that everything they share is confidential, but of course you want to make sure that you are truly truly honoring that. So when your clients share private and personal things with you, really anything that your clients share with you, you're not disclosing that to others outside of your coaching relationship, okay? You're not um, talking about it with other people. You are respecting their private matters. This is really, really important, okay? Having your clients know that their confidentiality is going to be um, is going to be respected and honored. Now, if you are ever to share, maybe your client had amazing success story or win or something like that, then with your client's permission, you are absolutely allowed to share that with others. Maybe you invite them to share their testimonial themselves or their success story. Totally ethical to do with their permission, okay? So uh, how, how do you ethically coach? We talked about coaching agreement, have that set up, and also respecting their confidentiality and privacy. Next is respecting your client's autonomy, okay? So as a coach, you recognize that you're not the expert in your client's life. They are the expert in their own life. So you as a coach, you're supporting them in making their own decisions. Okay, that's what you're doing as the coach. You're not telling the client what they should do, who they should be, putting your agenda on the client, expecting them to do things exactly how you want them to do those things. So you want to avoid any kind of manipulation, 
coercion, or excessive influence over a client's choices. Now, think about the dynamic that you know could happen when someone hires you as a coach. Sometimes a client might subconsciously put you on a bit of a pedestal and really um, take to heart every kind of feedback or opinion that you might have. So you want to make sure that you are aware of that and also still put the focus on the client, still make it about them, still let them take ownership of their life, okay? Don't don't take that and like, oh, wow, I have the power to really influence someone right now and I'm going to... I'm going to really stretch that out and I'm going to take advantage of that. No, you don't want to do that at all. That's just going to backfire. Your clients are not um, going to be satisfied, okay? They're going to, eventually it might become resentment and um, it just won't work out. So you want to make sure that your clients are still owning their decisions and their choices and doing things that are in alignment for them. This doesn't mean that your clients you keep them in their comfort zone and you just have them do whatever is comfortable, right? As coaches, we are going to stretch our clients and help them see what else is possible for them. But there's a difference from doing that and then forcing someone to do what you want them to do, okay? So um, make sure you still respect your client's autonomy so that way they continue to feel empowered in the coaching process. Next, and I think this one, this one is really big. As a coach, I believe it's your ethical duty to regularly update your own skills and knowledge. Now, this is a common practice amongst all industries, and I believe there's no reason why it shouldn't also be a common practice amongst the coaching industry. So if you some of you listen to this episode and you've been certified for many years, right? Some of you message me and I love getting the messages and you tell me like, wow, I got certified 10 years ago, five years ago, and I just love your podcast. And I think it is amazing that you are continuing your learning as a coach and your development. Other ways that you can continue on your uh, continue on with your education as a coach is looking into continuing education courses. Okay. Maybe there are some other ways that you can enhance yourself and you can learn topics that are, I call them adjacent coaching adjacent topics. So topics that it might not be learning coaching, but you're learning about a topic that's next to coaching or that can be used to enhance your coaching skills and your awareness skills. Okay. So for example, we have a couple of continuing education courses that we do invite our our coaches to consider as as they go through the academy after they finish. We have a continuing ed course on positive psychology and another one on neuro-linguistic programming. So Neurolinguistic programming is like the neuroscience of coaching. It's having a deeper understanding of how the brain works and how people have different cognitive distortions. A lot of therapists, like I'm working with a therapist right now, and he uses a lot of NLP. He recognizes a lot of cognitive distortions that I have. So NLP is a subject that many therapists and many coaches integrate into their practice. So we have an entire course on that as continuing ed and then positive psychology, which is really fun to learn about. And frankly, it was the subject that opened me up to coaching. It is like most mental health is focused on what's wrong with people, you know, so like what are the mental illnesses people have and what are all the different issues that people face when, when it comes to their mental health. And it's, it's usually about negative emotions and understanding those. Positive psychology is the other half of mental health. So it's understanding positive emotions. Like how do we cultivate positive emotion? What is the science behind emotions like gratitude and joy and forgiveness and hope and resilience? And 
It's about how do you not heal yourself from the past, but how do you take your life from good to great by using scientific approaches and interventions? So I find positive psychology super fascinating, and that field has definitely influenced a lot of the techniques and tools used in coaching and has definitely influenced a lot of the skills and tools that we teach our coaches in the academy. So positive psych is understanding like the science, the research. So that way you can you can um, utilize that with your clients and, and better help them connect with their strengths and their gifts so they can move forward and have more meaning in their lives. So both super fascinating topics that I can geek out on a lot, both continuing ed options we have in the academy. And overall, you want to think about, okay, what are ways that I can grow this year? Like every year, like even if there's a workshop or something that you can go to, how can you continue to grow as a person? And how can you continue to learn more about humans and how we operate, how we think, how we behave, how we make decisions, how we process emotions? You want to continually be doing that. Every year, you want to have ways that you can uh, up-level your coaching skills, skills and also stay up-to-date with latest research and practices, okay? So um, I believe this is very important for your ethics as a coach. And also just having ways to have your coaching supervised and have mentorship with that, okay? Um, so in the academy, for example, we do give you direct mentorship and feedback where we have team members listen to you coach and give you very, very elaborate feedback and you're, you're evaluated on different criteria and you're, you're given that specific plan so that way you can go to the next level. And we also give lifetime mentorship to our students. So what that means is you get lifetime mentorship and access to the program. So even after you get certified, let's say a year from now, you want to come back into the classroom, you want to get access to a mentor, you want to be able to get that feedback or just polish your skills, brush up on your skills, make sure you're coaching at your best, you're still able to do that, okay? So make sure that you have a way to regularly update your skills. Don't just see coaching as a one and done kind of skill. You want to see it as something like use it or lose it, like a muscle, okay? You want to continue to learn and grow. So that's another ethical practice. Next one is maintaining boundaries with your clients, okay? So client means client. It doesn't mean friend. (laughs) It doesn't mean mother-in-law. It doesn't mean spouse. It doesn't mean child, doesn't mean cousin. Now we get this question often in the academy. We'll have our coaches say, can I coach my friends? Can I coach my family? It's one of those like, eh, I mean, you could, but you already have such a built relationship with that person where they see you as their cousin, as their niece, their nephew, their aunt, their uncle, their mother, their father, their spouse, their sister, their brother, right? So there's already that bias And that might prevent you from really showing up as the coach. You might fall into the friend territory, okay? So here's the thing. If you, you've got to just, this is a case by case thing. And this is why ethics is not usually so black or white. There's a lot of really case by case. You've got to assess each individual person. Can you fully show up as the coach of that person where you think that they will be able to receive the coaching and you'll be able to show up as the coach, okay? That's for you to decide. So when I got started as a coach, I did have a few friends and extended friends that I coached pro bono because I was just getting started. I was just familiarizing myself with the coaching skills, the coaching process, 
And when I was in those coaching sessions, I made it very clear, like, listen, I'm going to be a coach. I'm not being your friend right now. And I'm not here to gossip with you. Like, I'm here to really listen at a deep level, ask you challenging questions, and use a process that's going to be very different from any friend conversation we've had. So you make it very clear what that boundary is with with, um, your clients that you're working with. So if you have, you know, people that are interested in working with you, but then you also have those same people that are maybe they're interested in dating you at the same time, you've got to make that very clear. Like, listen, I will be your coach or I will be your partner, but I'm not going to be both of those things. So make sure that boundary is very clear. Um, Going off on that, you also want to avoid any conflicts of interest. Okay, so maybe someone's looking to hire you, but you already know about some of their personal matters. Maybe you have relationships with people in their network that would influence the way that you would coach them. So you're unable to really be unbiased. Okay, then this is going to this is what's called a conflict of interest. And the ethical the ethical approach to take is to avoid coaching relationships where there would be a conflict of, of interest or coaching topics as well. So if you let's let's say a, a corporate example, maybe you are working for one corporation that is in the tech industry and then their number one competitor also comes to hire you, that would be a conflict of interest because you already have some type of information and you have, um, you would be influenced in how you would coach the competitor. Okay. But this can also happen with relationships coaching where maybe you have someone that wants you to coach them and yet you know exactly who they want coaching on and you're friends with that person. Right. So that's going to, that's going to create murkiness in the coaching pool. We don't want murkiness in the coaching pool. We want it to be crystal clear. We want you to have a blank canvas so you can really have a blank slate. You don't already have a bias with your clients. Um, There's none of that conflict of interest, okay? So make sure that you are avoiding that. If you do recognize you have a conflict of interest, be honest about it and say, listen, I'd love to support you. However, um, I would not be the best coach for this because of my you know relationship with such and such person or such and such organization. So I would recommend that you find another coach to support you, or you can refer them to other coaches that wouldn't have that conflict of interest. Okay, and then finally, you wanna know when to refer out. So as I shared in the beginning, when you have that coaching agreement, it's gonna outline what coaching is, what coaching isn't. And you might have a part in there that says, you know, what's the difference between coaching and therapy? Um, So, the way I, I have an entire episode, I think it's episode two on coaching versus therapy, where a lot of people who listen to this podcast say they love it because it helps simplify that distinction and it helps you understand really what coaching is. So the listen to that episode if you want to hear more of that broken down. But for this episode, I'll give you a very simplified um, way to understand it. So there's three, there's like the big three topics that are off limits as a coach. So if you're working with someone, you'll listen to make sure that you're not going into these areas with them. So you can remember the acronym TAD, T-A-D, or DAT, D-A-T, whatever whatever works for you, okay? So I like to think of it as like, don't coach DAT, don't coach DAT. I'm saying DAT, D-A-T, don't coach DAT. So D-A-T stands for depression, addiction, and trauma. Don't coach DAT, don't coach DAT. <laughs> depression, addiction, and trauma. All right, so depression is when someone's going through a lot of 
recurring sadness. Maybe they feel very hopeless. They're going through a lot of despair. Um, and in the worst cases, they might have um, thoughts of suicide. So we don't we don't want to be supporting people through depression. Even if you have the biggest heart, the biggest intention to help them, you you're it's not appropriate for a coach to go there. So you want to refer out, refer out to a therapist, let them know that they would be much better served working with a therapist. Um, the, the A stands for addiction. So if someone has addictive behaviors or substance abuse, drug abuse, then you are not you are not trained to coach them through addiction. It's not appropriate. It can do more harm than good. So therapy, you want them to find a therapist, support them in getting a therapist to help them address the addiction and help them create a path to recovery. And then the T stands for trauma, all right? So uh, trauma would be some kind of recurring and very distressing memory that they have something that they've gone through in the past that had a significant emotional impact on them that they keep bringing up and it's it's been hard for them to process and and maybe let it go. Maybe it's some kind of abuse that they've gone through, whether it be physical or emotional abuse. So DAT, don't coach that. Refer, refer out to a therapist and you want to recognize the limits that you have as a coach. Right, I think this is a part part of our ethical duty. Um, you might want to help all the people with all the things, but you've got to know that sometimes the best help you can give someone is really referring them out and and helping them find the most appropriate professional for them, such as a counselor or a therapist or someone who has maybe a specialized type of support that they would most benefit from. Okay, so those are. Those are ethical practices to take when you are coaching. Now, as I shared in part one of this series, there are many other what ifs. There is more to this. This is a very deep topic. That's why we give our coaches a very deep and thorough ethics and professionalism training inside Thriving Coach Academy. So we will help you out through any of those ethical questions or concerns you might have. We want you to feel confident in your coaching we want you to have integrity in your coaching so your clients feel safe working with you so that way you have amazing an amazing reputation working with them. So we love supporting our students through all of that and we will help you out, okay? So in summary, what we talked about in this episode on ethics to have in your coaching, have a nice, beautiful coaching agreement that you have your clients sign when they work with you. Make sure that you are respecting the confidentiality and the privacy of your clients. Respect their autonomy, okay, and their decisions. Make sure they're doing things that they want to do. And avoid any manipulation, any of that or influence, excessive influence that you might have over, over them. Keep yourself regularly updating, regularly, regularly updating your skill set and knowledge as a coach. So you make sure you're you're investing in continuing education. That's important for any industry and in the coaching industry included. Have boundaries with your clients. Okay, client means client, right? Client means client. And avoiding conflict of interest, if that were ever to be the case, and then knowing when to refer out. All right, that's what we got. All of the ethics. So go out there, be ethical, have fun, and and continue to and continue to think about this, right? Because I think people hear ethics and they think of it as like, okay, I understand it, it's done. You want to be questioning it, like, 
how can I continue to show up with ethics in my in my business as a coach in my practice? You want to keep this at the front of your mind. So that's what I got on this episode. Thanks for tuning in. And before you go, here's a quick snippet from one of our students who have gone through the academy so you can hear their story and also their tips for how to be successful as a coach. So enjoy their story and I'll see you in the next episode. My name is Grant Holford. I am the Western Regional Sales Manager for a Swedish tooling organization. I got into a leadership position about 10 years ago and was introduced to coaching through you know, HR and, and kind of was assigned a coach that helped me with my employees. From that, it sparked an interest in me uh, of coaching and helping blocks with my employees for higher performance. That set me down the road to where I found Thriving Coach Academy. I had a, a couple of concerns. One was a time commitment because of my full-time work. You know, it's one of those things where you just need to jump in and go. If you want something bad enough, if you're passionate about it, and this is your calling, it, I really kind of just said, okay, if this is my calling, I need to do it. And it doesn't matter how much time I'm going to do it. I tend to do a lot of research when I'm, when I'm making big decisions in my life. So I spent quite a, quite a bit of time looking at different organizations. Uh, I, was, I started by going through the ICF and looking at accredited organizations. I went through each one and, and kind of laid out, okay, here's the strengths and weaknesses, and this is what I was looking for. What I found with Thriving was it was a well-rounded program that wasn't just segmented into one thing. It had a really robust program, and it seemed to me to be the one organization that had the most to offer. Before I joined uh, Thriving, I was, I've been coaching for several years, or at least I thought I was coaching. What I was doing really was mentoring. So when I got into the academy and I started to learn all the techniques and, and uh, the specialties, it completely changed my world and how I interact with, the, with my employees, also with my coworkers, family, everyone. So, I mean, I, to be honest, my mind was blown when I really learned the power of coaching and what it could mean to my life. It's, it's significant. You know, with Thriving, this is not a passive program where you can sit back. And, uh, and observe. You're invited to get, in, you know, get engaged, get involved, and uh, participate in the process of learning with others. The staff at, at Thriving Coach Academy is far none the best training organization that I've been through and has been very caring, engaged. They honestly want the best for you. And by doing that, they're going to challenge you. And uh, it's fun. It's certainly a very introspective kind of process where you're going to learn a lot about yourself. I can't thank enough of, of the staff at Thriving for, for what they've given me in this gift. So as a sales uh, leader, I've, you know, I've had an interest in coaching and uh, going through this program, I'm finding that uh, you know, my team is much more engaged and their performance is much more elevated. This is something that um, not only is working in my organization, but it's something that my company wants to do throughout. Um, I've also found that coaching for me has um, given me a path moving forward where uh, you know, I, can, I can grow as an individual. I can grow within this organization. I also have a future of being a coach full-time within this company or the possibility of, of expanding my own personal business in the future as a side hustle or, or as a, a career. So the personal changes that I've recognized is that my listening, my listening skills and connection with people is through the roof. I mean, I feel like I am more connected with everyone that I come in contact with um, on a daily basis. So that is that has really been transformational for me. The patience I have with others and the questions that I that I'm asking seem to be 
more meaningful and that generates more you know, connections and just better relations with everyone. And I've seen it in my, my work life with my employees and people that I work with in my organization. I felt that on a personal level with my wife and our life together is we've never been more connected uh, to even my family and friends. You cannot not afford to do it. It's something that will be certainly meaningful to you in your life, give you a career uh, that will be fulfilling and not just a career, but a calling. Hey, would you like access to powerful coaching tools you can use on yourself and clients right away? For being a listener of the podcast, I'm giving you a VIP guest pass to get a sneak peek into my coach training program. Inside, you'll learn our coach's secret tool they use to transform their clients' lives. And you'll also get a training on how to launch a coaching business. Just head over to www.thrivingcoachacademy.com slash VIP to get started. I'll see you on the inside.